You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash forallnerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. The voice of the urban geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. 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 It's the color. (laughs) All right. And as always, sitting in the captain's chair, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, Meek Mill House. Trinidad Bane, Bobby Filet, Beverly Trillbilly, Toss a Coin to your Ninja, the future Herald of Galactus, Quantum Leech, here in the spaceship tonight. And as always, I'm joined by Tatiana King, the Grand Duchess of Tech, aka mm-hmm. Lambo Calrissian, Beretta Scott King, J Prince of All Saiyans, Chance the Parappa, the Ting of the North, and the Lord of Lightsabers. All right, all right, as we get started on this epic, momentous, classic episode of For All Nerds, and it's, uh, what what is today right now? Like I said, it's today it's a good day for white men to read the room, but uh, no, it's actually Thursday, Ooh. November 5th, and um, something happened this week. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, ah, that's still happening, actually. Uh, still happening. Yeah, it's happening uh, right now. We're not gonna bullshit it, y'all. Fucking election. Yeah. Shit, shit is still the whole country's still on fire. It's a mess. Just hang in there, y'all. Um, it, the reason one of the reasons why we're doing the show is because it's also very therapeutic, mm-hmm. and we are here for you. We are here to make y'all smile. We're here to make y'all laugh. Sometimes we make y'all cry, but the whole point is we want to make y'all feel. So yeah. I'm glad that you are here with us, listening, and we're going to entertain you today. Yes, we are. And also, you know, as you see, we are both styling right now in these For All Nerds logo tees that you can pick up right now on sale. They are on sale right now for the weekend. Tpublic.com slash stores slash For All Nerds. Might have to have Luna put it on the screen like, you know, it's like there. There we go. Right there. You know what I mean? Tpublic.com slash stores slash For All Nerds is on sale. You can pick up any of our items. You can get a mug. You can get a T-shirt. You can get a notebook. You get a mask. You can get. I a, did have a notebook around here. Yeah, you can get a mask. You can get a pillow. Ben Ami has a big ass Naui pillow. You see that Naui beautiful design? You would see it if you're on our Twitch watching. But you see yes. that beautiful get the fuck up design from Lovecraft Country, created by the Bounce Comics God Chuck Collins. Thank Word you. Word life. Uh, but yeah, you you can get as Ben Ami said, you can pretty much get any type of merch with any of our designs. Hit us up, tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds. Yes, but like we said, you know, we're here to make you laugh, make you cry, all that good stuff. And I think we're going to do all that this episode. But yeah, it is going crazy. But hold on, y'all. That man is out of here. Don't even worry about it. He is out of here. He It ain't going to be easy. 
And the fight ain't over. That's the other thing that like, we always talk about. You know, it don't matter yeah. if this man wins or not. Like I said, White Biden, still Trump, here. still the same shit. America's still the worst. It's ghetto as fuck. And we got to fight to fix it. You know, the only way to ever make a change is to deconstruct this hoe from the ground up. Okay, deconstruct this hoe. You know, straight up and down. Abolish all that bullshit that's been going on and move on, you know, make change, you know. If all that moderate centrist shit, man, I ain't for none of that. I am for a progressive movement. Like I am for leaving the past behind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not time traveling to the past anytime soon, folks. <laughs> no. Always forward, you know, word to pop. But yeah, we oh, have yeah, yes, wow. you know. Never forget. We got an epic episode for y'all. I mean epic. It is a lot going on. But first, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Greenwood Whiskey, you know? <laughs> yeah. Here uh, we go. Yeah, here we go real quick. Greenwood Whiskey, made by some Hampton alumni. Hold I do not usually big up. Right there, we good? Hold it in front of your chest, yeah, so we can see. There we go. Right in front of your face, right there. Perfect. All right. You know, if you're watching on twitch.tv slash for all nerds, you saw that. I normally don't big up Hampton alumni, but I do have to bid them up on this one. Greenwood Whiskey is a premium African-American-owned rye whiskey that symbolizes a celebration of community, success, entrepreneurship, and excellence in honor of the historic Greenwood District neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, also known as Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. I love it. Black-owned whiskey. Black Listen, buy Black-owned, Period. And I love me some whiskey. Uh, another Hampton alumni hooked me up with this joint. So thank you, you know, and thank you to Greenwood Whiskey for, you know, you're basically sponsoring this episode because you're getting me lit right now to discuss <laughs> what we have to discuss. And <laughs> I'm going to need this because uh, I finished the first, uh, second season of The Boys. Finally. Okay. So now Finally. we can speak openly because I've been finished it. I know you did. Okay. First of all, Ben just said, just in general, he just, the, the half of part that he did see, he just thought it was trash. Do no, you still feel no, that no, way? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Yeah, let me be clear. Let's be clear. You know, the half part, the half of the, what I said well, was I've seen the nine half episodes. of the season you said. Right, okay. Seven, eight. Yeah. So you almost saw the whole season and was yeah. not feeling it. Let's say that. Now that but you've not seen trash. everything. Not, not trash. trash. Not now trash. Now that you've seen everything, what do you think? Not good. Um, actually, okay. okay. Very entertaining. That's the you know, that's the singer scenes. Very oh, entertaining. Very well done on what it is you. doing. But that is my problem with it. Like, all right, I'll ask you some questions right now. You know, okay. these are not spoiler. I mean, not really spoiler, but you can spoil it if you have to. I mean, it's like three weeks later. Like, it's fine. What do you know about Mother's Milk? Absolutely fucking nothing besides his real name. They did say his real name, but I forgot. They did. Okay. Yeah. You forgot um, because how many times they say it? Like once, and it was um, I think it was a character that got killed. But the point is, they did say his real name, and uh, that's about fucking it. All I know is still that he is the angry black man from the '90s. TM. <laughs> what do you know about the female? Other than other you know, than that, she has the that 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 sad uh, you know prisoner of war story with her brother and then her brother gets caught up and then she's just there. Not that much. Besides mm -hmm. the fact that they're still calling her the female. Granted, we don't know her real name, but still. How much screen time did they give to the deep? Too much fucking screen time because the deep could have been offed in episode one of season two in the first three minutes. And it wouldn't have made a difference when you really look at it. And once again, I enjoyed The Deep. You know, The Deep is one of my favorite characters. Like, I love every time he's on screen. But 
this is what I'm talking about with this show, right? It is making heroes out of the wrong people. It is so wrong-headed. It is so, like, white man-ish is the only word I can think of. Because Who's I've, behind it? <laughs> I, and that's the thing. And I was reading an interview with him, with the uh, showrunner. I can't even remember his name. And I'd like to have him on the show. I would love to. Yeah, I'd really I like would, to, too. I, you know, I like to think it's very entertaining. It's like... Not in the same way, but it's like power, where power is like to me just this hot mess of a black soap opera. But I love it. Like, oh my God, I worship at the feet of power because it keeps me so entertained week after week. It's just such a dynamic show and so great. But it's also a hot mess. But this is a different type of hot mess. This is a hot mess that is like thinks it's actually saying something. And that's the problem, right? Is that, all right. Uh, how much do you know about the Homelander, right? That's another one. You have this character who is the worst, who is an evil bastard. But in this season, we have uh, Stormfront come in where it's presented as like, okay, well, he's not as bad as her, you know? Right. And he's you still give, bad, but he's not as bad. Yeah, and then you give him so much time showing him to be a hero. Yes, you show him to be a monster at the same time. Yes, he's evil. We all know that. But once again, he's very appealing. He's very charismatic, like other people we know, right? which I wouldn't have as much of a problem with. But once again, like I say, all you see is the perspective of white men. Like, it spends so much time on all these different white men and does not, I get it, the show is called The Boys. But, all right, this is something the uh, creator of the show said, right? He says that it's a problem that we, he loves the Marvel movies as much as all of us, but he said that it's a problem that we are now conditioned to look for a savior. And that's why someone like Trump can come in because he promises to save us all. And I'm like, he promised to save a certain set of people. Negro, Those people please. wanted that. Hero. Those people wanted their Homelander. This is the biggest problem. This is one of the biggest problems that we're facing in America. It was um, so well said by this black man. There's this viral video going around where he's talking about how America has never dealt with its issues. You know, other countries, every country in the world has committed horrendous atrocities. But for the most part, most of them have lived up or faced to it. Germany, you cannot, you know, Nazism is a crime. America, it's freedom of speech. You know, it's okay to be a Nazi. And so that's a problem when you have a show like this, when you have this, you know, heroification of people like Homelander, even though they're anti-hero, whatever you want to call it, even of um, Butcher, who is trash, you mm -hmm. know, and to say the idea that, you know, Trump is comes in because you have superhero movies that people are conditioned to look for a savior is some bullshit, honestly. Because the reason why Trump came in is because there was a black man in office for eight years and people could not deal with that fact. You know, people could not deal with the norms in America being taken apart. People could not deal with white men not being number one anymore. And I take back what I said a few moments ago. People weren't looking for their homelander. They were looking for their storm front. Mm. So... That's a more approximate, uh, accurate analogy. Some and, of them want uh, both, yeah. And then what bugged me out at the end is, right, you have this character who uh, is, to me, and, and from every other, you know, review I've seen, seems to be an AOC-type meme, you know, or an AOC-type archetype. Oh, that girl, that woman. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And so she's being positioned as the villain of season three, right? She's out here exploding heads. And that's that both sides bullshit. You know, that's this whole thing that I saw today where people are like, let's all come together. That's this whole thing where I saw people talking about, what did my man say? I know the country is tired of identity politics. <laughs> Fam, what, what, 
the world is tired of is whiteness. What the world is tired of is white men always opening their fucking mouth, knowing, thinking they know what they're talking about when they haven't lived through any of it. We're going to get into some more later on in the show about that. <laughs> I like how you just said, well, there's more to come. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, like, I could go on all day, and I don't want to waste anybody's time. Like we said, we're here to make people laugh, make people smile. Like I said, I thought the show was entertaining, but those questions I asked at the beginning, and I've seen many Asian people talk about the female and her brother and how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And one last thing on the creator, like, I mean, the showrunner, we'd love to have him on the show, but... This is another thing, like he said, Garth Ennis is his favorite comic book writer by far. Immediately, I have issues. I'm like, oh, okay. I love Garth Ennis, right? And he said, The Boys is one of his best. I'm like, oh, you lost me. You know, like, uh, Garth Ennis, for those who don't know, wrote Preacher. He wrote an incredible run on The Punisher. He wrote one of my favorite comics. Um, I want to say Butcher again, but it's not Butcher. It's uh, not by- Hitman. Hitman is incredible. Hitman has this issue with Superman that is one of the best comic books ever written. And one of the best hates on Superman ever. It's just, an, it's just beautiful to make you cry. The Boys is trash, you know, as a comic book. I've read every issue, every single one. It's garbage. You know what I mean? So for you to eat, like, I think the show is so much far better than that. But at the same time, I feel like now, having finished the second season and seeing how influenced it is by the show, I feel like it's falling into the same trap of the show of the book where it thinks it's saying something and ain't saying a goddamn thing except some hot mess that white men been saying for the last 400 plus years. Hmm. That was Ben I mean, ladies and gentlemen. That was his The Boys four minute review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was about it? Oh, I thought that was a lot longer. Good. No, 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 right. no. I don't know how, much, how long it actually was. I'm just saying how, uh, you, I mean, you, you gave a pretty good just representation um, of, and it echoed a lot of the things that I said uh, a few episodes back. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just clear. The main thing for me is it's just clear who is the favorite character that the writers really care about on mm. the show, Homelander. <laughs> and then everyone and, else is just. And then the deep. And then, well, not and not even that. Like it's just like somebody felt like they had to fit, like help him. What's that word? Like they had to help him fix himself. I don't know. The, Point the is, showrunner said that he found that they found in the writers room they found it just hilarious that this idiot. They want him to represent the, the character idiot, who the goes through idiot. all that, the Hollywood drama, like. You know, he gets wrapped yeah. up in the Scientology like cult. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but yeah, that whatever. stick happened already in episode, yeah. in season one. Like, we don't need that. Again. Like, I got that. Yes. Yes. But we already got that season one. We're good. You know, again, there there, there are lots of Mother's things Milk that are have just, a, an episode. Like, you know, <laughs> there, there are lots of things that are incredibly questionable about the show. But I will say that I w- I am looking forward to season three. I still think it's an entertaining show, especially like again, I I'm into that all anti-hero stuff and and the the shocking some of the shocking things that go on mm-hmm. and and also about the fact that not you're not gonna like all the characters. I don't mind that, so yes. that's fine. But but there are there are quite a bit of issues. Yeah, uh, and and season one was better than season two. Far. And because I love season one. And I thought, like I said, I've read every issue of The Boys and I thought it was the worst, you know? It has this moment. There's some, oh my God, there's some hilarity in that shit. But, you know, overall, it's really bad. But yeah, no. Season one, season two, uh, season three, we'll see. But, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably peep it, you know what I mean? And you saw, I haven't seen it yet. I know I'm horrible, but you saw the first episode of The Mandalorian. Just, are we just talking. What god level are we talking about right now? What super level are we talking about? What, what super saiyan level are we talking about right now? I can't say we're at 9,000. 
You know, I can't say <laughs> It's that. over 9,000, not over No, 9, I can't. No, no. We're I not can't Goku Blue yet? We're no, not Goku no, Blue. no, no, no. We're not there yet. But okay. this is the longest in terms of minutes, uh, in terms of length of any Mandalorian episode so far. It's longer than even the finale of last week. I've watched it twice so far. I found it highly entertaining. It is like the Mandalorian. Like, you know, it's a typical episode of the Mandalorian. He comes into a various place. He solves a problem, and he's out. And I'm not mad at that. You know, it's not a very deep show. It has a few little things, you know, that, some themes and stuff that it's working with. But it's it's just an entertaining. Yeah. And it's, it's a Star Wars RPG. He, he's yes. doing all these side quests, and then he has that main quest. quest. There we go. <laughs> and the side quest was phenomenal in this episode. Like, this, like I'm like, yo, please tell me they didn't spend all their budget on this one. Because, you know, there's some, <laughs> like, major CGI, dope, I mean, a huge accent sequence. Then I'm like, this pause bid though, because it looks great. Disney Plus. Yeah, Dis- Disney Plus. Di- Mickey like, from the Block got it like that. No, it looks beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. The music, you know, Mando's back. It's great, man. You know, the new episode will be out by the time you hear this one. So I can't wait for that. I'm loving it so far. There's a big reveal at the end where people think it's one character, but it could be any number of characters. If you know you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, that's we'll just if see you know, who it is. Know. Yeah, we'll see who it is. Tons of Easter eggs. Oh, my God. So many Easter eggs. So many, like, pointless but just hilarious Easter <laughs> eggs. Um, A rocket in the eye. That's all I'll say about that one, you know, because I don't want to spoil anything yet. But there's a uh, rocket in the eye that just, if you know Star Wars history, it was like they really just did that dumb shit, you know. But. Okay. They did. It was great. So yeah, I loved it. I can't wait looking for the next episode. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Pure fire. I I will watch it before this week is out. So, mm-hmm. but I, I'm looking. I'm, and obviously the new episode's coming out tomorrow, right? So yep. I, I, I'm looking at. I'm, I I will be prepared. Yeah, and like I say, it's not you know nine thousand or anything. It's just a solid, good, entertaining ass show. That's not really. That's the thing. That's the difference between this and the boys. It's like Mando knows it's not. You know, it ain't trying to say nothing like that. You know, it's just <laughs> trying to entertain you and you know tell this dope Star Wars story. The boys is like, oh, we're saying something. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> not really. Shout out to Tech Stone. Not really. <laughs> Woo, but talk about saying something. Mm. Yes. Mm. Man, I just want to say, if y'all could hear what was said off the air about this show right here. This show right here, nigga. This show right, right here. here. Right here. <laughs> Bam. But yes, up next we have Shannon Houston, one of the writers. One, I mean, just writer extraordinaire in general, but you know, she's from a little show we talked about a lot on Safe Negro Pie called Lovecraft Country. You know, not a big deal. Didn't make much waves. You know, was, nothing wasn't big. number one trending topic for like ten weeks or anything like that. You know, you know, she didn't just happen to co write, you know, the I am episode, you know, one of the greatest oh, episodes no of television history. Yeah. Nothing much, you know. Yeah, she's on the show. Coming up after this. Smoke me. Hi, I'm Professor Brandon Obunu, a scientist who studies genetics and epidemics. And when I'm not doing long division, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, yo, this is Danny Lore. And this is Vida Ayala. And we are Twin Speaks. And when we are not writing Ironheart or James Bond, we are listening to For, For All, All Nerds. Hi, my name's Genevieve King, and I play Jackie Veda on Netflix's Lock and Key. When I'm not cooking up new recipes in my kitchen, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. 
Hey everybody, this is Peter Ramsey. I am the director of Rise of the Guardians and one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I like to listen to For All Nerds with Tatiana and the great Benjamin. Hey, this is Hiro Karangawa, actor and playwright. And you are listening to For All Nerds All The Way. Hi, this is Lexi Alexander, and I'm a filmmaker and a writer. And when I'm not playing with my vintage toys and feeding myself and my dog, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's up? This is Otto Asado. And when I'm not on television and movie sets, I am listening to For All Nerds. been a week and we know you still haven't gotten over the first season of Lovecraft Country. So tonight on the spaceship we went and got one of the wisest women on the internet to help us make sense of everything. Tonight we have a poet, a critic, a writer, and a woman who has worked on shows such as Hulu's The Looming Tower, Amazon's Homecoming, Hulu's Little Fires Everywhere, HBO's Max Station 11, and of course HBO's Lovecraft Country. Also, she's one of the hosts, the co-hosts of the Lovecraft Country Radio podcast and the co-writer of the incredible I Am episode. She also probably has more kids than you. Let's all welcome Shannon Houston to the spaceship. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad. And is it Houston? We were talking about this like a few weeks ago. Is it Houston or is it Houston? Houston. Okay. Yes. There you are, are, Ben. (laughs) Ben hates the New York pronunciation. (laughs) I'm from Houston, so, you know, I do not, oh, yeah. yeah, so when I first came to New York and everybody was like, Houston Street, I'm like, yeah, he, he's so upset about that, yeah. anyway, what's, what's wrong with confusion when I got to New York, it's odd, yeah, thank Listen, you, that's just how we do, but anyway, <laughs> so, so first off, you know, we actually were going to originally record this yesterday, but every, with everything and everyone reeling about all of the madness with the election, we pushed it back a day, so, not sure if that helped, but how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm better than yesterday. Yesterday Great. felt dark and ugly. Um, today feels pretty dark too, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, more sober today for sure. So this is good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and you know, and, and and you know, when I was reading your bio, I was just like, because I was just looking at all the stuff you did. First of all, little fires everywhere is my shit. I love. Little fires and we are obsessed. But anyway, I was looking through and one of the things there was mentioned that you sold a pie to Amazon. And I is that just how you kind of got the was that your kickoff into the world? Like how did that start? Yes, I would say that was my kickoff. I I would say really the kickoff was that I was a TV and film critic for years. Mm-hmm. Um, full-time critic and editor at Paste magazine. That was the last position that I held there. Mm-hmm. And during that time. Um, I fell in love with TV, fell in love with movies. I was already in love, but really also fell in love with the art of criticism and um, had such a great time doing that job and ended up connecting with some of the creators that I was really obsessed with, and uh, including Misha Green, uh, but also Joey Soloway, who was working on Transparent at the time. Uh, we really connected, and they basically were like, well, you seem really good at this, and do you want to 
transition over to the TV world. And I said yes. And they helped me write this half hour dramedy for Amazon and helped me get it to Amazon and it sold there. And it was in development for a couple of years and we didn't end up making it. But that was, yeah, that was the big, the big leap over. Oh, wow. Are you at liberty to say what that pilot was? Yeah, it was a 30 minute, mostly comedy, but with some dramatic element story of a young woman uh, attempting to graduate from Sarah Lawrence College while also struggling and juggling two babies and baby daddy drama, (laughs) um, maybe 100% autobiographical. <laughs> I was just going to say, that sounds a little familiar. Um, right what you know. Right what you know. <laughs> right what you know. Um, and had a lot to do with me reconnecting with my um, blood family, who I, I had not been close with for a long time. I'm adopted. So all the family drama, relationship drama, all that, that good stuff. Um, so I think even though that pilot didn't happen, you know, there's elements of that, of those same vibes in everything that I do, for sure. Mm. Mm. Well, considering you touched a little bit on your life, it's interesting you mentioned being adopted. I had a very fascinating conversation today, and we were talking with a, a, a woman came in, and she was explaining how probably six months ago she found out she was adopted, and she's just turned 31. So um, that that understanding of, you know, I guess, biological family and then who, like, who's your real family? Like, like, I guess that's a, did you have to ever go through that challenge about, well, who's my dad or who's my mom? Like, I feel like the person who raised you is your, your parents. So. Yeah. I think it's, it's changed over, over the years for me, understanding and defining what family is definitely my own relationships being a big part of that. Even the shows that I've worked on mm-hmm. being a big part of me understanding what is family. It's very strange. But I do think it's, I am at this point where it's very easy for me to just say, I have two moms. Um, or when talking to my kids, uh, not grandma, that grandma, the other grandma, and just knowing, you know, it's weird. It sounds weird, but it only sounds weird because we don't really talk about it. Yeah. So I think the more that we get comfortable with families that don't look like whatever we think normal families are supposed to look like, I think the better off we are. But in answer to the question that I think you were really asking, it's like, no, the biological mom is the mom and the adoptive mom is the mom. Yeah. And anybody who mothers you is a mother figure. So I think my experience has allowed me to open up those definitions a little bit more. And no, you actually answered it, you know, I mean, I didn't expect that answer, but that was a lovely answer because it just reminds me of Lovecraft. And that's a huge, huge uh, theme there. And that that travels throughout this series. And, you know, we talk about this, this almost dysfunctional family of Letty and Atticus and, and in some ways, Christina and the rest of, uh, you know, just being able to move all those pieces and, and, and keep that story going from the outside looking in for, for the untrained eye of the people who don't want to dig a little deeper they're like there's so much going on but how do you tell them like actually (laughs) you know it's been so great watching people grapple with (laughs) all the things happening on the show and I think one of the coolest things has been seeing people 
simply come to the realization that you cannot watch this show and do other things, right? Like it's kind of that simple. Hide your phone in the other room, make sure the kids are in bed. Don't watch it with somebody who's going to interrupt every five minutes to ask questions. (laughs) Like all things that we're not really used to doing when we watch TV most of the time, even the best shows you can still dip in and out kind of and know what's going on and it is true if you blink with Lovecraft you might have to start over so I think people figured it out after a few episodes like most people and again I'll say the people who wanted to figure it out figured it out and that's been really exciting Misha and I were talking the other day and about one of the episodes and she was like oh man a lot happens on this show (laughs) (laughs) I looked down at my phone and we were like three scenes away and we were both just cracking up because even we are having that experience watching the show again like oh you're trying to live tweet everyone and you look up and then someone's in you know Paris and then you look up someone's on Mars like it's all over the place in that way but I mean to your point it's something that you really have to pay attention to and and when you do pay attention as we did on our on our podcast safe negro pod you, you get a lot of gems. So you, you all did an amazing job. Yeah, and I, that's something that has been bugging me because I have been like, you know, I've gotten that same response from a lot of people. People are like, oh, I couldn't follow it. I didn't understand this. What was going on? Why did they do that? And I'm like, but I guess, and that's something that I realized, right, and we've been talking about this on the show as well, is that black people aren't used to seeing themselves in shows like this. Like, we see a show like Twin Peaks. This Twin Peaks is, what, 1990-something, you know? And I couldn't understand anything, you know? Like, And I never tried to. I was like, whatever it is. Because I didn't care about these white people running around doing all this weird stuff, you know? So, But it's been established for shows like this to be out there. But I think the, the fact that we haven't seen black people in a show like this has been one of the issues here. But yeah. How, yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. I think, I think also, like you said, you know, some shows are just weird and you can let them be weird. I'm one of those people where I'm like, I watch a show. If it's weird, I'm like, Ooh, what is this weird thing? Mm -hmm. I don't need to know everything at the end of every episode, but I've also learned a lot of people cannot watch TV (laughs) like that. And they need to know, not just with Lovecraft, but just in general, that question of where is this going? I, don't need to know that to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand that feeling and that frustration. My, of course, my friends were calling me. What's, what did that mean? What happened? Why did she do that? And I would say, remember the line when so-and-so said, you know, and then they would be like, oh. Or the other set of the questions, I was always like, that will be answered. That will be answered. Well, what does that mean? Just tell me now. No, enjoy the ride. It will be answered in the next episode or three episodes from now. Um, but so I think, I think you're right. There's a genre element that, that is complicated that makes the show more complicated. There's mm-hmm. all the Easter eggs, which, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and she was like, I didn't know that that was a real person on the motorcycle in episode seven. I didn't, oh, I had yeah. never heard of Bessie Stringfield. And I was like, but here's the cool thing. You don't have to have heard of her to understand what was happening in that scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a cool moment. And then we made it a historical moment in a different way. So I, I, I give grace to everybody because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a big, weird show with a lot happening. And, you know, what my friend said in response to that was, 
but no, like, I know that, that so many things matter. So I want to know what all of the things are. And so I think that's also a part of the frustration where, you know, at a certain point with the show, even the weird stuff usually means something. So you are trying to figure it out and put it together. So it's, it's a very different experience and it's not always pleasurable which also upset people. And it upsets me too sometimes when I watch it. It's not a show that's just about giving you black girl magic, which I think is why people were so grateful for episode seven, which was just like, here, glitter, magic, right. purple, right. Um, big afros. We gave you that. And then we gave you episode eight. So it's... Oof. Lord, what a 180, loud. But I mean, it, it was fire. And, and and to Ben's point, I just think that's what it, for some people is just just something that's so new and unseen that maybe it couldn't process it. And, and, and the boxes that you're used to putting things in, that, that box just didn't exist. And, and I would say that for Lovecraft, there's no box for it. it. It really did transcend a lot of different genres, a lot of different stories, a lot of different approaches. We talked a lot about, uh, and you even mentioned it, how, you know, some of these characters do things you don't even like. and you Or you don't even like the characters themselves. Um, and, and I think that's a, it's an ongoing battle. And, and I'm curious what you think about that. Like, especially with black characters, like, uh, sometimes people have this, this idea of sacredness. Like, oh, well, nothing bad can happen to that character ever. Or I don't want that character to be bad because then they, they, they're, they're representative of all pe black people, which is not true, but. Yeah. What What do you think about that that thought process? Again, I give grace because I was in the writer's room for six months and I had six months to grapple with things that we were doing. And I still didn't like certain things. I was very honest about that on the podcast, because, but also was like, but I don't have to like everything. I don't have to like every decision every character makes. And, and I too struggled with that as, um, as a Black critic, as a Black TV movie lover, you do realize that because we have so little representation, mm -hmm. we get itchy when some of that rep representation doesn't look good. And we are used to stories about race where the black people are good and the white people are bad. And then there's that one white person who's really helpful, right? <laughs> so the magical white. <laughs> right. Savior. Yeah. Savior, yes. So those are our stories. And then Lovecraft comes along and we, maybe after the first episode, you kind of thought that's what you were getting. Yep. And then we didn't do that. And it's hard. It's hard to, to step away from the white gaze. It's hard to step away from your own desires. And, and it's, you know, Ruby, of course, was the character that, that came up a lot as like, well, I don't want people, and when I say people, I think I really meant white people. I don't want white people to think that black people want to be white. Mm. Well, that's not what the episode is about. And we worked really hard to give you dialogue from Ruby specifically that explained that's not what this is about. But of course, you know, people can still take it that way. Because again, at the end of the day, a black woman is choosing to take a potion and, and turn herself white. So I'll say, you know, I get it. It's, it's completely understandable to me. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, by the end of the season, certain, I've made it clear, I don't like bad criticism. I don't mm -hmm. like badly written, badly researched criticism. I, mm -hmm. I understand audiences reacting strongly and having gut reactions. I understand audiences wanting to protect certain characters that they love. When the critics are doing it, 
Shannon <laughs> <laughs> said, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't play that. <laughs> your job. Do your job and do it well. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, again, critics are not immune to their own personal feelings becoming a part of the criticism. That is what happens when you do any job. So it's not that I have an issue with that, but I'm like, don't say things happened that didn't happen. Don't say that it was this when we have clear dialogue, you know, like those kind of things irk me. But, um, but again, what am I going to say? Like the, the majority of the response has been positive. And, mm-hmm. and again, I felt like the audience proved to us that they can handle it, that it wasn't confusing. Like I said, the people, people like the way you guys watch the show, the way that so many other people watch the show. People were on Twitter pointing out things that I forgot we had done, like little things. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, you caught Bobo's tie. How did you catch that? So I'm like, I don't, you know, I know I, I now feel confident saying, oh, no, the show wasn't confusing. Girl, I, sh- I sure didn't catch Bobo's tie. I didn't even know who Bobo was. I, I know Emmett too, but, you know, th- that, that was the learning lesson. And, and for the record, to your point, Ruby said verbatim, I do not want to be white. I do not want to be white. And then for everyone to take it other places, hey, y'all don't listen. Well, you don't <laughs> listen. And again, it's like, this is complicated, right? It's complicated material. It's strange. It's uncomfortable. We don't want Ruby to take the potion. We want her to find another way to beat back against this problem. But, you know, the bigger, the this other big thing that the show is trying to do is to say, you can love a person. You can have a character who's a hero or who does something heroic that you completely agree with. And then they can do something you don't agree with in the next episode, because that's how human beings work. You can have a hero who's a veteran and you think that that means one thing. And then in episode six, we're like, Oh, Oh no, this is the kind of veteran that he, that he is. You don't like that because in most of our stories, and again, this isn't the audience's fault. This is the history of storytelling. In the history of storytelling, the hero is good. A veteran is a good guy who went and served his country and came home and is just trying to find some work. And we didn't do that with Atticus. No. <laughs> so that's, that's hard. That's not necessarily comfortable we all were like this in the writer's room breaking episode six like oh god we love Gia we don't love Atticus in this episode what are we going to do with that what if people don't like it and of course it's it's uncomfortable but again I think most of the uncomfortable things that we did I can I'll say all the uncomfortable things that we did I can find truth in them I can I can think of literal members of my family and I'm like yep Myself included, I'm one of them. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. Well, but, anyone who says they're not taking a potion is lying. We asked like 15 people at once, and all 15 people was like, "Yep," including yep. ourselves. We taking that potion, man. Now, what we do with it that that that's right. around the gamut. But I'm taking the potion. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, and that's what I was explaining to people. And there was this other side of some of the criticism that I saw where people were like, "Oh, the show is just so heavy-handed." And, like, a good friend of mine who's super intelligent, he was like, oh, every episode, you know, here's the moment, you know, Montrose got to give his speech, the here's all the know. people who got killed, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, fam, but me and you, you know, we dig deep. We've seen all these type of shows before, even when they didn't have black people, and then we find the shows that did have black people and everything, and we do just, we know a lot of things about history, et cetera, but not everyone is like that, so... I'm like, you, how do you 
strike the balance there because you want to give all this information and I, even though I, you know, I was like, oh, Bessie, you know, oh, okay, here's Black yeah. Wall Street. Okay, here's what's going to happen. Oh, here's this, you know, here's that. But then I start doing research, right? And you were talking about family earlier and about how this is the one I was tweeting about this the other day, and it just blows my mind, right? I was doing research for the Yahima episode, yeah. and I come upon the fact that indigenous cultures used to recognize five different genders. And then when whiteness came into the picture, and now if you go to a reservation or whatever, they're pretty much like everywhere else, very binary. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God, they just screw us all the time. You know, it is like on every level. But people and then people are like, well, the show's heavy handed. <laughs> Whiteness is pretty heavy handed. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen. Get me a couple of drinks. We could talk for hours about what is expected of black creative versus what white creatives get away with, right? Yo, can we do a whole podcast? Because I've been like, it's been like, because one, okay, I want to applaud you because like you did pretty much the same path that I did to get in. Like, you know, I met Brian Fuller and Michael Green. They were like, yo, whatever, you know, looking for writers. And I'm (laughs) like, I mean, it was, you know, it was. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it was wild, but it was like that type of situation. And, and we positioned ourselves and we know what we're doing. And, you know, we are creators. And so now we're in the game. So it's that same thing. But once I got in the game, I'm like, hold on a second. Like, you can just write a drama. You can just write a sci-fi story. You can just write a comedy. If Ben writes one of those, Ben has to answer to everyone he knows about what just happened in it. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yes. And it represents. So much more, even if you're writing a story that has nothing to do with race. <laughs> the minute black people are on screen, it's a racial story about race and racism. But Mikey is losing it over there. Because <laughs> I, I always tell people, it's like, and this is something, I, you know, it's things that you just discover and it's like those brain snapper moments where I'm like, hold on, like, every story is talking about politics. It either has the privilege to not talk about politics or it doesn't. You know, every story is talking about race. You know, every story is doing this. You know, Seinfeld is very racial. It's just very much centered on whiteness and upholding whiteness. Right. Yes, absolutely. So the rules are very different. (laughs) And then when you have a show like this, the standards are different. (laughs) Standards are, yeah. Yeah, we could do a whole separate thing, but yes, it's white supremacy is a hell of a drug, it's everywhere. It's Ooh, everywhere. That's and- the title of this episode. <laughs> Girl, the writer jumped out. <laughs> um, okay, now we were talking about how you know you've done all kind of different things, you know, from Little Fires Everywhere, which I still have not watched, but everyone I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Very soon. All right. Yo, all right. Reese Witherspoon, when she want a white woman, she can white woman. <laughs> Woo! I'm the, I mean, everything was amazing. I just wanted to make that point because I haven't said that out loud yet. So I wanted to yell that. But she um did. Go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no. I fully understand because I've heard, you know, that's every time I hear about it, they're like, what? You know, you ain't watch. And I'm like, I, I get it, you know. But um, how, and so you were already, you know, on working, you know, out there doing it, you know, dealing with being a black writer. But what got you into 
you know, this one into Misha Green's world and into Lovecraft Country. And what was that experience? You said six months in the room. Like, whew, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> You had, all those like, black, you, you had all those black people <laughs> in one room. You know, I just <laughs> hey, it was it was amazing. It was it was hard work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch the episodes and mm-hmm. you can I I hope you can feel that these weren't thrown together. Clearly. You know, haphazardly. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yes, being in a room with a bunch of black people, um, debating arguing having fun the jokes you can imagine you know like it was it was really life-changing and it it happened similar to how my pilot happened which is that i'd had a little bit of a like online relationship with misha i i'd reviewed both seasons of underground i was a huge mm. underground oh. fan. so are so are we I mean, that's a part of the conversation again of like what kind of shows get to stay on the air and how big they get Jesus. to be and all of that. So over drinks, we can get be angry about underground on another conversation. But yeah, uh, loved underground. Under when I watched underground, I was like, who's this person? Who would do this? Who's Misha Green and Joe Pekaski? Who's Misha Green? How am I going to be friends with her? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but. But I loved the show and I loved what I loved about Underground was that uncomfortable feeling I would get every every episode where a black character would do something and and it was like, no, 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 this is a this is supposed to be a slave drama. We're good, the white people are bad. So who's Cato? And that why didn't Ernestine just do that? <laughs> and- nigga, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I, I wanna have outbursts. If you I'm just gonna have lots of outbursts because you you're amazing. Go ahead. It was incredible. It was an incredible, you, I couldn't believe what was happening. I couldn't believe I was so entertained. And I felt uncomfortable that I was entertained and I couldn't stop watching. So yeah. I loved Underground. Um, and I, I, I wrote about Underground uh, with all my heart, with, you know, with everything that I had, because I was like, this, is, this felt like a game changer. And, and uh, nobody was really talking about it, especially season one, which was infuriating. So because of that and sh- and she she liked my writing and so we met when i was here uh when i first came out here and uh and i knew that she was doing lovecraft mm-hmm. and she knew that i wanted in and <laughs> I'd, read, I'd read the book and i was like she's gonna do something so crazy i have to be a part of this um so and then we had our first meeting about it and she was just like, yep, so I'm going to do this, 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 this. And I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Um, please <laughs> let me do this. And she took a chance on me. I, was, I, w- I had only worked on two shows at that point. Mm. So to leap from a newbie writer to Lovecraft Country on HBO was incredible. And the experience was, was incredible. And I think after I left that room, I did feel like, okay, I can do I can do this career. I can, I can do another show. I can take on anything. And I actually was on that room. I was in that room before little fires everywhere. So when Mm. I came to the little fires everywhere room, I had, I had fire up under me. Mm. I was like, yep. Nope. Me is going to cuss her out in every episode. She's going to (laughs) do like, I'm done with white people. 
Wow, wow, wow. I could just imagine you you walk in there with like your idea and Misha looking at you with a gleam in her eye like, I'm going to blow all this shit up. It's just like, I just, I just can't, like you said, her, her wanting to just flip stuff. And, you know, we've also read the book and, and we, we actually end up really loving a lot of the changes that were made and, and all the, you know, just, it's really, I don't even want to call it changes. It's just a different telling of the stories and the character. Like, um, the way you guys made this, it's like a multiverse of, for, for all of these characters, for, for Atticus, for Letty, for everybody. Um, and you know, that talking about multiverse, we got to talk about, I am that motherfucking episode girl. Uh, how, I mean, I, I, I mean, this kind of feels dumb to say, but like, how did you feel that, that, that when people were just, especially the women, black women were just like, bro, this is my shit. Yeah. It was Spoke to me. It was exactly what I wanted. It was for Black women and Black femmes. It was very, it was that chapter in the book that I was the most excited about. Hippolyta was the character I was the most excited about because I I do have a thing with mom characters on TV. They're always, they're so often so boring or the problems are so boring and basic. And yeah, I mean, we know what all the tropes are. And so I was just excited to take this mom and to put her in the multiverse and so but it was that funny thing where when I was breaking the episode and we were breaking the episode and when I was working on it with Misha you get lost in it and you have your own experience with it and I remembered feeling that it was so beautiful and being so happy and then I was on set when um we were shooting in Atlanta and I was uh I wasn't there for the whole shoot but I came and one of the scenes that I got to see was them, uh, was Josephine Baker. And I was just mm. like, wow. Totally transformative, like spiritual experience where I was like, I'm never going to go back to being who I was. Like, this is, I can't believe that I got to be a part of this. And then I got to have that experience again when it was on the air. And I hadn't seen those final versions. And I just was like, this, if I had not been a part of this, I would die right now. I would crawl under my bed and cry and die. Because um, it's just, it's, even though it, I was the one writing it, um, Lovecraft, which is also true of the writer's room, I don't want to say it doesn't feel like my episode, because of course it does, but it's like the whole thing was so collaborative, the mm-hmm. whole the whole story, like thinking of all the writers in the writer's room, thinking of everybody on set, people putting their own personal things into Hippolyta's story mm-hmm. made it feel so big. And so I, I don't feel ownership over it at all. I don't want to say at all, but it's like, that's why I can watch it as a fan because I'm like, I still can't believe it happened. Mm-hmm. Even though I was there, I feel, I still feel like, one of Lovecraft Country's biggest fans because I'm still just like, I can't believe that happened. And I'm having a different experience watching it too. And I'm seeing things that I didn't see before that I forgot we talked about. So it's been amazing. And obviously, like, Black women deserve that. Black femmes deserve to look on TV and be like, somebody just did something crazy and they did it in a black woman's body and there's a character who appears to be godlike and it's a black woman mm-hmm. and here's a historical figure that we don't get to see much about and she's having a conversation about race with another black like everything that black women felt watching that i want them to feel every single day all of the time so i'm yeah. very 
happy that it exists. And I just feel it is one of those things where it's, it's cliche, but I literally am like, I just can't even believe I was a part of it. I'm so happy. Mm. Well, I'm not a black woman, but let me tell you when that episode aired, like, could this whole season and just this whole show has made me deal with so much stuff, like with my own family, like you were talking about broken families earlier. And then, you know, like Atticus has a father figure in his, I mean, has a father, has two father figures, but has a father in his home, just like I did. But I also, I ain't have Montrose, but you know, he was Montrose-ish, you know, so. <laughs> he was Montrose light. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. maybe not even that light because his hand was heavy, well, you know, so it's, and then I'd also lost my mother, like, you know, she passed away um, just a little over, less than two years ago now, and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Hippolyta in that episode was like seeing my mom, you know, and so I'm just ha- screaming, you know, like, we made a t-shirt, the whole get the fuck up, you know, just that moment. I was like, I've been telling Sufe since, like, yo, you don't understand what you mean to me now. You know, like that is just such an energizing for life, you know, get the fuck up, you know. And then also, sometimes I want to kill white folks, you know, it's just, you know. (laughs) I was like, they was cold blooded. I mean, and these are just more of our like general comments as opposed to a question. Yeah, but yeah. No, but the question is like, just, I mean, well, no, it's really just thank you. That's really, (laughs) first of all, it's really just thank you. But then the other side of it is I saw people being like, this was, you know, I didn't, this was the episode where I really saw people saying, oh, this was just unnecessary, you know, or this was just extra. And me being a man who pretty much hates men, you know, I'm like, is it because you hate women or is it extra? You know, because that's the real question I got to ask. I don't right understand now. how you say that about a show that opens with a battlefield with aliens <laughs> and Cthulhu. <laughs> and, and then you see all that. But this episode's extra. Okay, Chief. <laughs> like, but it's true. It. People, and, we, and we, we don't really talk about it. I don't think we have a way to talk about it yet. Mm. But it, more and more, it's becoming clear people don't really understand why you would follow a mom on an adventure. Like people mm. don't, people don't like women <laughs> going on adventures. <laughs> people don't like female anger. Mm. Um, I feel like the, that critique of, well, what does this have to do with the rest of the story? Yeah. I heard that a lot about episode seven and I heard that about episode six a lot. And I was just like, episode six you're in career right now and you actually care if this connects like i wouldn't care but i understand why other people care so i think there's a storyline thing that's happening where people just like oh don't take me away from the main characters and then of course sexism of course sexism is yeah from men of all color from women of all color being like i don't i don't understand what the show is about and the more the more that i heard that question the more i was like oh, we don't get to see angry women because really that's what the show... Mm-hmm. The show is about 45 things. Like, we know this. But a, yes. a lot of the show is concerned with female, femme, feminine anger. Yep. And then using genre and race to tell those stories. So if you're not psyched about that, I can absolutely see how you're like, eh, I don't know, episode seven was boring. And it's something that you were also talking about with, like, Atticus's character and him being on, we talked about it on Safe Negro, about him being on his hero's journey. And I just loved how 
because I think I've got it real quick. And our friend Mellow Marketer, he tweeted me. He's a he's another writer in LA right now, yeah. and he was like, "Y'all know Atticus is the villain, right?" Yeah. <laughs> this is like he episode two. He said that yeah. early on. And Everybody's I was like, like what? The, I was like, but yeah. I mean, I knew he was trash early, you know, but yeah. I, I didn't think that, you know, villain. But I just loved how the show deconstructed that, how you expect Atticus to be this hero who saves them all. And in one way he does, but it's also at the end of season one, he's done, you know, and we have this like multicultural, multi-level cast of Avengers, you know, type characters who have all grown into being these hero characters instead of just this one dude saves you all. Yeah. Right. And I think there's also this idea that the hero can have trash moments, right? Mm-hmm. A human, any human has trash moments. So this, again, this comes from watching stories where um, everybody, not everybody is good, but the hero is protected, right? Let's say that even when we have an anti-hero character on TV, they are protected in so many ways. Um if you go, you go back and watch shows like Mad Men, I used to love and, and I go back and watch it now. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like Don Draper is always the one who's like, don't be racist. Don't say that. Um, the, the opening of Mad Men, it's like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I talk about Mad Men and I'm like, is anybody, am I the only, I know everybody. Oh, that was a huge show. I mean, but I just did. Yeah. I, I, I know it was a huge show, but my only memory of Mad Men is the, um, are we when the little kids are having to dream about being black or whatever, and the little boy says, "Are we uh, in word to the little white girl?" And I was like, "That's my yo." It's, oh, it's, oh god! If, if I mean, you've never I'm seen it, it's such yeah, it's hilarious. It's one of the oh my god! It just kills me. It's like this. There's this whole thing where the I think she's stealing from them or the maid is. I can't remember because I don't watch Mad Men, but there's this line where the little boy says, "Are we?" And it is yeah. Well, oh, I, I did not watch Redman, but that's fine. Yes. <laughs> but it, but it's that thing of like, we're white, we're set in the 60s, but we're going to protect our main character. He's mm-hmm. going to do bad things, but we'll, we'll make sure that he's not that bad. Yeah. And you can feel that on the show. And that's what makes you able to watch the show and be like, I love Don Draper. He's messy, but he's great because you're not really giving us who the real Don Draper was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Real life John Draper? Come on. So I think with Atticus, we were like, no, we're going to give you the real. Like, we're going to give you a really close version of that. Um, or, you know, again, real things that aren't pleasant. We all want our handsome hero to be an amazing boyfriend to Letty and do all of these great things and never yell and never go too far and never do bad things while he's at war in Korea. And it's like, but that's not, that's not war. That's not realistic. That's not war again. But, but to the, this is why I keep saying I give grace because to the TV and film audience, that is war. Even when we see horrible things happen in movies about huge wars, Mm -hmm. those main characters, those heroes are protected to a degree and we lifted that protection from Atticus and all of our characters, all of our characters actually do things that are technically trash at some point. Hippolyta included. A lot of people didn't realize that she stayed in the multiverse. I think a lot of people didn't want to realize that when she has a choice, she does not go back right away. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is funny because we, we 
and someone pointed this out on the show. We were like on, on our podcast. We were like, Diana, all right? Yes, yeah. We were like, oh yeah, she gonna come back and stuff like that. And it was like everyone else was like, I think y'all wanted her to come back because she chose not to come back. And and, and, and George and like you know everybody's like, yeah. oh, when is she gonna save George? I'm like, did y'all watch her say? You stay here, Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> you it, you were part of the reason why I shrunk. Yeah. Deuces. I'm good. So she I, takes him. She takes him on the rest of her journey, but it yeah. is her journey. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we did talk a lot in the room about like, oh my gosh, how can she stay? That's terrible. <laughs> and uh me being an adopted kid whose mom gave up six kids to the state of Massachusetts. I was like, I would like to see her stay. I would like to see more stories about moms who walk away, whether it's a temporary walk away for a couple of episodes or real stories about women who make that choice because it's still so, it's still so taboo. It's still so like unbelievable. And it's, it's, um, it says a lot about our, our society and our understanding of gender that if I tell a story where a father leaves, nobody blinks. Right. If I tell a story where the mom stays in the multiverse for two episodes, it's like, oh my gosh. So She's the villain. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's even like the same thing we were talking about. And even though I fully understood the anger about the Yahima and how it was handled and everything, I also was pointing out on our own show that like Okay, well, Letty got shot uh, two episodes ago. You shot George. You, you know, and this violence towards black men and black women is normalized now. Sure, we don't see characters like Yahima and stuff. And so it's like, that's not good. And we don't want to normalize that. But we also have to look at the other side. Why is that normalized? Why is it, you know, when they get shot, it's just like, oh, that happens. Right. Right. And, and I think, again, the protection around and and of course Yahima was a very different situation mm-hmm. and we've we've i think now Misha has said something i've said mm-hmm. something on the podcast about how we would handle it better going forward if yep. we were to do something like that again um or have a character like that again that it wasn't handled in the best way and um and, and i'm it was a failure. Like I can say that we can say that the way that that character was handled was a failure on the part of the show. Um, and everybody gets violence in this show. Every single character gets some <laughs> version of it. I remember when we were breaking seven and um, somebody in the room was like, okay. And then the cop is going to shove Hippolyta up against the, and I was like, wait, hold on. Why? <laughs> Not mama. Don't you touch her. <laughs> Yeah. It was ridiculous, but it was me protecting my girl, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. but every single character, same thing with the ending, you know, there, I don't think we don't have a character that gets a super happy ending. We don't have a character whose relationship is like wonderful and loving. Like none of them are in a great place. <laughs> Letty and Atticus don't exist technically because Atticus died. So I'm like, I, I do think that's a part of it, realizing like w- nobody was technically protected in the way that it might feel like. I'm like, if you really look at it, like everybody has had actually terrible things happen to them over the course mm. of the show and also wonderful, exciting things happening happening to them, which I which I do think is what makes it very different from other stories about race, other um 
examples that you could think of in other movies or TV shows of trauma porn, because I'm like, there's so much joy in the show. And I, it does make me sad knowing that everybody didn't pick up on that. But I'm like, this is like, again, in spite of it all. But if you think of Topsy and Bopsy is a great example of like this weird thing where something horrifying is dancing in front of you and actually mm-hmm. looks kind of cool. I feel like that's a good way of understanding the show where you're like, this is awful and I can't look away. This is awful, but yeah. kind of fun what's happening. That kind of thing. Oh, like the the blog off eating the cops. I mean, I just couldn't oh, stop laughing. Yeah. Like I'm just rolling on the ground. Ben was diabolical in the way he was just <laughs> laughing about that scene. But but it was it was satisfying. It is what it is. Uh, uh, speaking of satisfying, I am episode absolutely satisfying. Compl- uh, generally a complete, except for what the the or not the Ori, but the um the machine itself, a complete departure from the book. Uh, was there any specific reasons why you said you why you, you all as a group said you know what we're going to change this up? And also, where's Scylla? Okay, so here's what's interesting. Do you remember Ida from the book? Yes. Yes. So Ida know. is how. <laughs> we got the idea for Beyond Say. In the book, Mm. Hippolyta goes through the portal and there's this other, there's this black woman who was like, welcome to this new world. Let me explain it to you. So we took that idea and we were like, okay, it's going to be this robotic looking black figure um, with a giant Afro. But that, that came from Ida. The same thing with Scylla. Scylla was um, in the, in like the box that Ida sent her with. Right? Am I wrong? Yes, yeah. She sends a oh, she sends a mini Scylla with her. Yes. Yeah, right. she did. So we liked the idea that when Hippolyta comes back from the multiverse, she comes back with something. So that's mm. why she has the glitter panels in her arms. Oh. And also her hair ends up turning blue. The idea being like you go through the multiverse, you come back with things. You don't come back the same. So a lot of those things, even though you don't see them, we did take from the book. We just blew it up in this kind of crazy way um but Uh. but Ida and Scylla are technically like the idea of that is is there but we also knew you know things were really different Hippolyta does not leave uh does not lose her husband in the book right but we have a character who's dealing with grief in a way that the Hippolyta in the book isn't so that's why we went okay if she's grieving we need her to go through therapy what do those stages of therapy look like for her if she's in the multiverse And she can name herself. And even the naming thing also came from that same chapter because I think Ida was giving strange names to different things. To different things on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I loved that because I I just thought, imagine that, just the power of naming a thing. And that's also very biblical. That's very Mm -hmm. Genesis, you know, so it felt connected. And then giving that power to a Black woman who felt like she couldn't do that all her life. Um, even the shrinking thing that came from, that came directly from the book. And again, we just. Wow. I, I said, Shannon, where's this stuff? And Shannon says, shut your mouth. It's there. Just in a different way. <laughs> I, I love it. I, and, and for the record, I was obsessed with that episode. I mean, as part of our breakdown, I, I literally spent five hours unpacking every single detail. So it was bad. It was bad. It was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> And we, we were all it. real bad, you know, about unpacking stuff. But yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it was. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for the third time. Thank you. And thank you, guys. <laughs> as I, I listened to that episode. What was the title? 
Oh, oh, we just titled it with the show title. I don't, I don't think we we use the weird name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had a name, but I just remember listening to you guys, and and it it's very gratifying when you're like, oh, people paying attention, really doing the work to try to instead of saying mm, this is too much work, just being like, oh, I see that this that this matters. Let me attempt to to unpack it and figure out what some of this stuff means, and um, that. That means a lot to me. So I, I really appreciate you guys doing that. Well, thank you. And 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 you all, you you and um, uh, Ashley Smashley Fizzle. I was thinking of her name, but uh, but you you were incredible on your podcast as well. And and we wanted to just personally thank you for also recognizing us and and giving us you know props and all that other stuff like that. I think that's important that we show that camaraderie of, amongst all of these analysts, if you will. So so we appreciate that. Yeah, like you were the first, uh, one of the first to big us up. And then you would like when I think what you're referring to is when we said Hippolyta Blue, because I remember oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you retweeted that and then you retweeted blog off, which, you know, I saw Misha then credited me with it. And that just, you know, made my life. So, <laughs> you know, best moment of his life. <laughs> oh, man, that just did it. You know, and I was like, oh, shit, you know, Misha knows my name. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. we, we just we just got like just a couple more things to ask you. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ben, go ahead with this one because this yes. is our fave. <laughs> um, you know, I we were talking about it earlier, but when, when, the, when the when it, you know, as we get to the ending and Diana D one thousand, you know, another one yes. of our hashtags D one thousand, yeah, you know, the D one thousand is revealed and she chokes out Christina and we debated over it on the show and I was like, oh. I loved it for the record. Yeah, Ben was uh, like, I don't know. I think you At and first. Portia both loved it. Yeah. I, the, yeah, but as y'all explained it on the show, I was like, all right. But <laughs> now, a month later, and, you know, like, that's the other thing about this show that yeah, I just want to thank you about is there's so many things that have just become part of my life now. You know, like, my faith turned flesh. And yeah. then, you know, I got one for all you crackers. Because, like, like he you loved, know, I was saying cra- cracker is one of my favorite words. Trust me. entire run. I'm from Houston. I never stopped saying it. Cracker is just, yeah, I said it all. Yeah, like, if you go back and listen to the, I think on the, there was not an episode that, of Safe Negro where I did not slip in a cracker at least once. There isn't. Yeah. No. So, but you did all these things. And then, like I said, when, when she choked her out, I'm like, oh, that's a little much, you know, for D. You know, I don't want her to see her doing all that. Oh, what she got to do it. But now a month later, you know, I just want to walk up to Diana and just shake that bloody hand. Like, thank you. You know, like. She the only but, one with sense. How you don't double tap? The enemy is there. The op is there. Handle, neutralize, destroy the op. Easy. And, and it's like, especially it's like. Though. It's tough. With, but like, you know, we just had this election, you know, and immediately it's always that same bullshit. Oh, now we all need to come together. And I'm like, no. And like, when, you know, I tweeted that. And, I, you know, I saw you using the gif and everything. But I tweeted that. You know, they're like, now we time for unity. And I was like, me. You know, take off the jacket time. You know, ain't no time. You know, like, <laughs> but. Like, what was the debate like in the room? And, you know, like, as far as you being a mother, would you want your kids to choke out, Christina? Okay, short answer, <laughs> yes. Ooh, Shannon, about that life. Yes. She said that with a, a passion. <laughs> yeah, short answer. Love yeah. It. Absolutely. Love it. Um, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. There are plenty of places to go to if you want a story about nonviolence. Mm-hmm. and nonviolent resistance. There are, are countless movies and TV shows where you can find that. And Lovecraft just 
is not that show. It never promised you that it was that show. But again, I know what they're used to seeing in the bad white character. And we didn't do that. So I can see how you were like, maybe she doesn't need to die at the end. But yes, we had a great conversation in the room about it. And we talked about how they could leave her there because Christina's nightmare is to be a regular ass white woman with no magic powers. That's her. She's dead. So Christina, she's dead. Couldn't you walk away? And I was like, no. no. Somebody has to choke this woman out. The op is right there. Y'all, you really going to lose right that there. She's Damn. right there. Now, I can go to my room and get a gun. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> he came to Diana doing it was, was interesting. And I wish I could remember the exact, because we, it was then, of, of course, like, mm-hmm. okay, who should do it? Because any one of these characters has a reason to do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to have that conversation about the younger generation mm-hmm. and how it is always the younger generation that's like, no, this isn't, we're not okay with this. And it's the older generation that's like, well, you know, keep your hands on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And the idea of this, this, I think people forget Listen, if you wanted Diana to have a good life, that ended in episode two. That that ended the moment we set the story in the 1950s. That mm-hmm. If we had set the story in present day, she's a little black girl in America. That's the point. She yep. doesn't get to have that. Now, should there be lots of movies where little black girls go on adventures and nothing bad happens? Yes, we should mm-hmm. have lots of those stories. Um, that's not drama. Also, like something has to happen. There has to be conflict. But yes, should there be stories where little black girls don't have to choke out a white woman? Absolutely. Um, but there should also be stories where they do. But there maybe could be <laughs> an occasional story where a little black girl with a robot arm whose best friend was murdered because of a white woman's words, mm. whose father is dead because of white people, whose mother disappeared because of white supremacy. That's the truth. She chooses to stay in the multiverse, but she's choosing that because she's afraid to go back to America. So all, basically every bad thing that's happened to Diana in her life, she can very easily trace back to white people. She's been drawing on those maps. She already had a dark side is the other thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Look at those early drawings. She was already priming, primed to get that, that robot arm. And so... So it's not, it's not, again, I think there are the people who were like, yes, who loved it. I think, I think a lot of people felt uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable because again, we want our kids protected. I'm supposed to say, no, I don't want my kids to do that. I don't want my kids to have to do that. I don't want my kids to live in America as the America that we have right now. I don't want that or anywhere on this planet because white supremacy is everywhere. So. I don't want that. Now, since I have that, then I have to ask myself, what kind of kid do I want to have? Well, we want Diana. I think the same way that people didn't like her <laughs> saying, fuck you, pig. Because it was like That's scary. Just, oh, I love that. That was one of my dreams. I was like, come yes. on. Come yes. on. As Spit a kid. right on his ass. It's beautiful. And it's scary, too, because you don't want anything to happen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is we then tell little black girls shrink yourself, be quiet, don't talk back, don't fight back, 
don't choke out white women, even though they just tried to kill everybody you know. And then we end up with Hippolytas who have to disappear into the multiverse and, and not come home and take care of their kids. So I'm like, I would rather have, um, the, the, to, to me, I'm like, no, I want my black kids to have fire under them. Absolutely. I want my second grader bringing up police brutality, which he did the other day to his teacher. And I was like, oh. Mm. I, I, and in addition to feeling warm and fuzzy, I did feel nervous. I did feel nervous. Yeah, You know, yeah. so it's a, so it's all of those, you know, again, most of the of the scenes in the show, the big scenes are designed for people to feel not just one thing. So mm-hmm. I think it it makes perfect sense that that people felt uncomfortable or felt divided or felt really it's concern for Diana. And that's also I again in the world of giving grace, I'm like the people who are who have the strongest criticisms of the way certain characters were felt, when I really look at it, I'm like, you just love that character and you want them to be okay. And that's kind of what it comes down to. And then that means that we did our job too, because the characters made up and you love them and you're worried about them and you want them all the time. So I think that's okay too. It was the Thea 1000 for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I loved it. It was just like when, you know, like that, that's where I got it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's just like when Terminator slices off his arm and shows you he's got the metal. And then, you know, I mean, he didn't, he didn't choke out Miles, but, you know. Uh, Shannon, y'all doing a second season, right? You know. <laughs> stop playing, see? Y'all yeah, stop look, playing with our emotions. Look, yeah. We, we, we Listen. Got, I need to see black people power on a show, you know. I need it, too. I'll yes. say that. I want it, and I need it, too. And... Um, I, you know, that's about all I can say, but <laughs> I'm a fan of the show too. I don't want to live in a world without more Lovecraft and Lovecraft season one. You could go ahead and like we said, watch it again and have a completely different experience. I think that that's yes. true that the second time that you watch it and I'm doing my second watch now, which sounds absurd, but I am because I'm like, Ooh, now I can just. I can watch them all. I can say, you know, whatever I want to do with it. But I think it'll be a different experience each time and you'll see something different. So I know that's not the answer you want, but it's what I got for you right now. It was worth a shot. We had to ask it. I mean, who would we be to not ask that? Like, come on. So, but, 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 you know, it's, it's appreciated. Um, we're going to just say, take that as a yes and keep it moving because this, this show is for the culture, for real, for real. It is. <laughs> for real, for real. All right. Well, you have survived the interview portion of our show. But before you get out of here, we have our rap segment, our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? You look a little. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, yeah. the glaze yeah. went over her eye like, what? What? Yo, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start off with a, you know, easier one. Um, Black Panther or Luke Cage? Black Panther. All right. Letty or Ruby? Oh. <laughs> I thought you we were starting easy. Diabolical. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Your time is running out. Your time is running out. <laughs> I can't pick both. Letty in episode three, Ruby episode five. Stiletto sure. scene, baseball scene. There you are. See, okay. now that's that's the part of this game no one understands. We never said you can't. You can, yes, you can. is... Good job. Thank you. Oh, all right. Would you take Will Ste- Would you take Will Stina's potion? Yes. 
All right. Um, was there anything that you wrote that you really wanted to make it into the final cut, but it didn't? <gasps> Ooh, that's so great. Um, yes, absolutely. Hippolyta was in the multiverse. <laughs> And in, you know, those pops at the end where she's going through the planets, there was a pop where she like met up with her alien lover. <gasps> and they ended up making love in the air, in the cosmos. Oh, get that Martian booty. Yes. Oh, oh I understand why it was cut, but I, you know, I still would have loved to see it. We, are, we already had a Fox Raw hashtag. You should not yes. have given, you should have not oh. have given me that opportunity. I would have come up with you, something terrible. Y'all gave us so much material, girl, <laughs> for these memes. Oh my God. Wow. But thank you for sharing. I would have ruined that one for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I really Ooh, all right. Um, Michael Myers, Freddie, or Jason? That I'm like the one I would most run from or the one I like the most? <laughs> Either way. Either way. I'm going to say Michael Myers. All right. I think I watched those movies the most mm. as a kid. It's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire, because I haven't finished Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, that's a one day. Another way around. Okay, okay. Understandable, one day. Understandable, you know. Um, I think it's still The Wire, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. Um, Atticus, Montrose, or George? Who's more is trash? This, is this fuck, Mary kill? No. Who's more I'm, trash? Well, that's what we said on our show. Who's more trash between the three of them? <laughs> it was the trash bag Olympics. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Montrose, but he's been through a lot, guys. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I know. We're supposed to give grace. Girl, that man is a mess and does not deserve Sammy. I will say that to the day I die. Listen, Sammy let him know what it was. Sammy Sammy had put his foot down in the last scene they were together, and I think Montrose is going to, in my in my world where the show keeps going on, I think Montrose gets it together. He gets that letter from Tick. He either gets really, really bad or he gets better, one or the other. I'd say probably the latter and then the former, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> he ain't hit rock bottom yet, you know, so. Yeah, you know, there's still some ways to fall. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, uh, Star Wars. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> That's quite right. You know, it's the right answer. Um, <laughs> Wakanda or Zamunda? <laughs> oh, my God. That's good. Uh, Zamunda. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Be with Semi and I wanted to go there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what is your favorite superhero movie of all time? Gosh, I don't know if this is the right answer, but it's The Dark Knight Rises. Which with one? Bane? With Bane. <laughs> that's I mean, it well, is. That's Ben's favorite dialogue from the villain. The movie oh, I dialogue. mean. Every time Bane speaks in that movie, it's just gold. It is just pure yeah, yeah, gold. Yeah, yeah. So good. Marion Cotillard, forget about it. Yeah. It's even It's so good. And then it's not like these really bad moments that make it even better. You know, like Batman running with a bomb and just like. <laughs> like don't care. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't care. That's my shit. That's yeah. fine. No, trust. I love it. <laughs> to you, you know, like I can. Yeah. 
you're a big man, you know, it's just, oh my God, he's just the greatest. Yep. Yeah. All right. Fresh Prince or Martin? Fresh Prince. All right. What character's death in any medium hurt you the most? What character's death in any medium? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. This is, I'm literally blanking. Let me think. I'm trying to think of me like sobbing in a corner, which I definitely have. <laughs> or was just a little, a little taken aback about like, like Mufasa. Like, damn. Mufasa's big. I mean, this is so, you guys are going to roll your eyes, but I'm like, I hate Bane dying in that movie. Bane getting, <laughs> dying in the end. Really? And no, then I feel you. He dies then he dies. I did not want them to. I'm like, I don't know why they had to die. But that's that's not the answer. But that's just because my brain is free. I'm just like that. Really, I did that not. You. That. That Give me you. some more. What are what am I missing? I'm missing um, all the big ones. I mean, I mean, it, a lot of times if people don't have one, we we ask the inverse. So like, who were you really happy died? Like you really happy that Joffrey got the bad one in in Game of Thrones? You know, like there's something that elicits a very strong reaction. Yes, Joffrey definitely. I was watching something. What was I watching recently? And I was like, am I supposed to feel this is not even the, the answer? I'm going off on a tangent now, but who I would like to die on a show is Philip on the crown, like with a passion. Um, I I want this man dead. He is in the way all the time. He is ungrateful all the time. I would like him to die. Is a real person. I we should be careful. Y'all might need to edit that. No, out. no, this is fine. There's so many crown watchers that that listen to the show. Shannon said, "You think I feel sorry for the bitch? I don't." <laughs> 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 I said, no. You watch Euphoria? I did watch Euphoria. I like Euphoria. Yes. No. Um. What's his name on that show? Oh, the boy. Yeah. The Nate. Oh God. Nate. Nate. I I wish for the death of Nate. Like Nate's every, you know, every episode, I was like, please let this be the one. <laughs> Nate's gotta go. I feel yeah. like that's a sign of a good show too. Yes. Like, I believe you. You're so terrible. I believe you, and yes. I would like you to leave now. Yes. Yes. I w and I want to see that actor in like everything now because I'm like he's, oh, he's amazing. But Nate's gotta go. You know. But Nate gotta go. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's see as we round it out. Uh, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? One superpower. Mm -hmm. Just one. I, I would like to be able to dip in and out of the multiverse at will. And like time freezes. I'm just leaving my kids for a week. <laughs> time freezes here. I go hang out with Josephine. I come back. I will Man. have you know your co-writer, Ihoma, said almost the same thing that was the power that she wanted i was like oh so you want to be hippolyta she was like yeah pretty much yes that's what's up that's what's up uh well you have survived the rap segment which means you have survived for all nerd show woo -woo. thank you uh, we appreciate all the time you spent with us and the amazing gems you dropped and as well as giving us behind the scenes of the whole process of lovecraft country so before you go please let the audience know where they can find you and if you want to plug anything you're working on let them know I am on Twitter at Shannon M. Houston. I'm on Instagram at Shannon M. Houston official. 
don't have any plugs right now. Working on some things. Lovecraft season two, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hiring Ben um, and Tatiana. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got the memes. <laughs> yeah. You really do. Misha knows my name. You know what I mean? Just. <laughs> You know, it's a start. <laughs> yeah, guys, we seriously do. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much. And with that, folks, we'll be back with more For All Nerds. I'm Professor Brandon Obunu. This is Danny Lore. And this is Dita Ayala. My name's Genevieve King. This is Peter Ramsey. This is Kiro Karangawa. This is Lexi Alexander. This is Otto Asado. And you are listening to... I am listening to... I'm listening to... I like to listen to... I'm listening to... I'm listening to... We are listening to... For All Nerds. And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to this episode of For All Nerds. And like I said before, I just wish y'all could have heard some of the stuff that was said off the air between us and our guest, Shannon Houston. But let me just say thank you for that interview, for everything you said, for your work on Lovecraft Country, for everything you do. Just thank you. Mm. Absolutely. It was incredible. We had an amazing time speaking with you. Seriously, thank you. Mm, that's all I can say. Thank you so much. And what's up, Misha? Misha's <laughs> <laughs> like, nigga, I got we, we right here. You know what I mean? Uh, Staff writers waiting. You know, look, hey, hey. Shoot your shot. If you know, you put you it out. You only miss the, the shots you don't make. You look, only don't facts. So, and you know, you when we shoot them shits, we make them. So, I'm gonna keep shooting. Circle of trust. Hey, Misha, we right here. <laughs> And you know what else is right here, folks? You know, we've had an epic episode already, but we got to get into this guac. The geek only asks questions. All of our new listeners, this is the guac, where we answer any and all questioners. Questioners? Questions. From our listeners. Yeah, questioners. Questions. I got questions. From our listeners. Anything at all. You can hit us up, contact at 4 or you can hit us on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, at 4 you know, and if you're one of the few, the proud, the many, over at patreon.com slash for all nerds, you can ask us anything is possible. Ask what is, what's this liquor? Greenwood whiskey is possible. You know, it don't really work, but you know, that's what I'm drinking right now. Well, here you go. So anything, what we got at first? While anything I, is possible. While I take a quick sip. So while he takes a quick sip, let's get into the guac is extra. And first up, we have from Chiz Nuke. If you had unlimited funds to create a superhero costume, or rather a hero costume, vehicle, gadget, etc., what would you make and why? Mm-hmm. Oh. Ironheart slash Iron Man's whole mother, whole, just the whole shit, the whole thing. The, the tower, the, the, the gadgets, <laughs> vision. Like, the like, cars. Like, like, Gotta have the cars too. <laughs> Car, I mean, his regular, yeah. regular cars that, that have Jarvis yeah. built in. Yeah. With everything. I, Unlimited, nigga. I'm I'm basically Tony Stark. God damn it. 
I can't. I cannot argue or even dispute that question. Like, like normally fact- when people ask this type of stuff, I'm like, Nigga, I ain't answering that. That's what I'm putting into my show. But you just answered it for me. Like, no, no, no. That, Tony Stark. Totally. And and then I also would say, <laughs> I would want a, an incredible storm costume, an incre- mm. like a full, and, and and you know not just a storm costume, but like all her different ages. So like you know all like when she had the the, the original like Fox Kids shit, when she had the silver. Or, excuse me, the white out. Uh, the the tra- uh, where I say the traditional. Uh, uh, I was looking at the um they they actually did the like reprint variant issue of like the first issue of giant the first issue of the storm ever appeared in on Fox Kids does she have like the midriff like is all this cut out right here or it had to be more right there was more cloth um, here because if you know, she did I don't recall that episode but no she had the traditional all white joint that was the full oh that's right she suit. had the '90s joint that's right she yeah, didn't have yeah, yeah. her original suit on Fox she had the full body suit but then yeah there is one where she's where she has the mohawk where she has yeah, the, the, the midriff and and the and the black leather pants she got but what that. about the one where she has the like the her black, original, like the black head. Yes, you know, that's my wear. other favorite. That one she yeah. had less. She, she's you see more yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah. I call it the um. If you watch Samurai Jack, she had the Aku on her head. Um. So okay, I mean, yeah. but, but but she looked great. So I would have. You know, I she has say, lot picks in there. Nigga. Yeah, true story. Because Storm grew up as a uh, pit pocket. And right, she, that I knew. Yeah, oh. and in one issue, uh, a classic issue of X Men where Magneto has them like trapped has them on you know lock she shakes that shit off and, or no she shakes the lock out of her out of the one of the lock picks out of the joint and catches it in her mouth and then uses her mouth to fuck wow See, storm and ain't why, no punk and that's why i need all of storm's costumes if all i have limited funds yeah. um did you have anybody else or did i answer the question for you black panther you know yes, I'm, I'm building yes. wakanda if, i mean you're talking unlimited funds i'm building wakanda like you know yeah. That's it. I'm building Wakanda, like, you know, yeah, or something, but one or the other, you know, both. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Thank you for that question. Great question. Next one comes from lowercase a. They are lowercase a, a.k.a. Uh-oh. the love craft below. That's good. Good. A.k.a. static Shaka Zulu. <laughs> that was clever. Oh, you're, you're going clever. clever. All right. I mean, I thought I was clever because it's like, it, it, it was on the cusp of being a fail, but it sounded yes. good. It sounds like a Kieran Gillen pun, which are usually on the cusp, but you know, it didn't turn out to but be. But it's great. just like, oh, yeah. okay, we'll give it to you. It was, it was yep. cute. Okay. Um, the last one is AKA King Tut. If you buck, that one wasn't it. Nah, I I, I, I thought it was just me. No, I'm sorry, but okay. but you got two out of three, so not there bad. You go. Not bad. All right. The question goes, I know this this pandemic has affected us in ways we couldn't have imagined, limiting us to a life of solitude and caution. With that being said, if you could partake and enjoy one thing from the days of no Damn. pandemic, what would it be? For me, it's to be able to see some of the big movies that's been delayed. Um, You know, and this is funny because I'm in like extroverted introvert, meaning like I don't mind social situations, but I also like to be by myself. But I will say I do miss going out to see friends on a casual basis and like being like, yo, let's just go to brunch. Yo, let's just go meet up in the park. Well, we can still technically meet up in the park, but you got to be careful. You know, just, just the idea of just everything is open and available. You could just go whenever. To beyond that, to be very honest with you, I actually do not miss the way things used to be because mm. I feel like this is the first step towards change. Mm. Um, and, and really change doesn't occur until one you're out of your comfort zone and and sometimes mm. something incredibly drastic sometimes violent sometimes all sorts of stuff has mm. to happen and 
unfortunately, uh, I, I mean, I don't wish this upon, and let me be clear, I don't wish this shit upon anyone. Um, I've, this has affected my own family personally. This mm-hmm. has affected millions of other families, millions of the people per- themselves. Like, clearly, I don't wish the pandemic itself on anyone. However, I will say that the change that has brought about or, or the, the, the illusion of change that has been brought about mm. has given me some, some clear reflection. And hope. And hope. And it's something we talked about. I think uh, last time I asked this was like when Guru was on the show. And I was like, y'all was looking into the history of Star Trek. And I'm like, eh, if you look into the history of it, there are hundreds of years of worldwide war before the Federation is established. And so I'm like, are we going to have to go through hundreds of years? You know? We've already gone through of hundreds millennia of years. Of years so yeah, but uh, of have, wars, rather. Of worldwide so. war. True indeed. But it's also worldwide war with the technology to completely destroy the world, et cetera, all that type of stuff. That part. And so I'm hoping that this is showing people that, you know, maybe we need to do something now before we go through those hundreds of years of worldwide war. As to what I miss, oh my God, there's no question about it, though. I miss DJing in front of people. Like, hmm. like. It's not I, the same. I mean, I know you, 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 first of all, Ben, I mean, I hope y'all, excuse me, let me rephrase. Y'all better be listening and watching on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Foreign Nerds. Please, y'all. Yeah. And you don't have to subscribe because I know that costs money. You could just follow us just so that you get the notifications when we're live. But Let's make it clear. All you got to do is download the app on your phone. Download the Twitch app. Create a little name for yourself. You know. Free. Follow us at For All Nerds on the Twitch app. If you want, turn on your notifications and then you'll see us whenever we go live. We're usually live Thursday or Friday, depending on when the episode is released at 11 a.m. But I do DJ sets at random times. I did two yesterday, you know. So all you gotta do is turn it on. You get a fire ass DJ set, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, and other and, stuff and gaming, us talking, yeah, all that. You know, we about to start doing some live uh, Skype calls on there. Yeah. Like we miss Cleo up in here. <laughs> and you know? the re- and that's <laughs> the reason why I brought it up is because uh, I was just saying that Ben, I mean, is has been since the beginning of all mm-hmm. of this has been DJing on the regular. He's had audience stuff like that, but I can imagine it's quite different than being in a room. Oh my and, god! And being able to touch the people. Like I mean, you know I'm saying I, I, you know, I'm I'm just a lover. Like I've always been a DJ who loves crowd reaction and stuff, and it's just uh, any DJ who know who who DJs in front of people understands. It's like there's nothing like. You drop that record and surprise somebody and they whole, oh, you know, or that one person in the room looks over at you like, yo, I saw what you did there, you know, or like every woman's just, you know, in front of you, you know, wild and just having the time of their life. And, <laughs> it's working. I mean, that's all. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, it's working it out. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Look, black mm-hmm. women. Can't say I don't love y'all, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you women in general, for that matter, women in general dancing, you know, I'm all, like, that's something I always tell people, like. When they're like, oh, can I get a song, you know, request? I'm like, are you dancing? If you're dancing already, you know, when you come and ask me, you got it. You know, like, if you're already dancing and you come and ask me for a song, you got it. Because, you know, so you, got, you were already dancing. You, you know what I mean? You, you you weren't like, oh, I need this song to dance, you know? Like, fuck out of here. You know what I mean? You should be enjoying yourself already. But that's beside the point. Yeah, I miss. God damn. But please, twitch.tv slash 4 because 
that would help me a lot. I like just the interaction for people on the chat, you know, sending in emojis. We got the emojis now exploding on the screen. I hooked it up, Tatiana. I got it. Oh, you did? So they oh. explode. So people put the emojis, they pop out on the screen. Boom, That's it exploded and all that. When you follow, that shit explodes That's crazy. That's perfect. It's and for crazy. Those, and for those who are using some funds on, on um Twitch. Twitch, you can still well, well, first of all, just hit up his cash app and all that other stuff. Just if you try to really help a brother out, do that. No, but hit us can, on Twitch. I like but you seeing can hit them join. Twitch yeah. too. Yeah, but hit us yeah. in the, right because on Twitch you can use these things called bits, mm-hmm. and they and I don't know what percentage actually goes to us, but those bits they appear on screen and they do yep. some animations and some shit. But it does hype up the experience, and then Ben gets to see it. Everyone and I get hype. Yeah, it. like, it'll be like. Tatiana, you know, spent thou- a thousand bits and then you see some shit pop off on screen. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's fire and it's fun. So, if you're into that, please do that. If you're when not, y'all subscribe to Avengers Music Plays. Yeah. Oh. It's when, great. It's, and it's I'm saying different hilarious. things happen. You get the sounds and stuff. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's there. Something's for everyone there. Whether you want to put in money, whether you just want to be there to, to support. Say what up say what up and as he said to give and help also to if it's to answer his question and help give him some of that energy that he's craving and missing yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> y'all don't understand that's how at least me as a dj that's how i lived you know like i'd play something and i'd see somebody be like oh and that would be like okay you're fucking with that i know what to play now because if yeah. you're liking that i can play this and so when it's not like that it's just me just like well i like this but it's tough to keep it going after 30 minutes. I'll just start, you know, scratching and doing whatever. Cause I'm like, this is what I like, you know, but that's not what people want to hear. Like, you know, steady. So, and I want to entertain. And I want to have a good time and I want to talk to y'all. So just, you know, twitch.tv slash fall on earth. Let's work. Yeah. I think uh, I heard D nice. DJ D nice was on for 19 hours, something like that during yeah. the election night. But the I point it, is, he you get... got a million followers. Like everybody's your chat is he popping. Has people in there giving energy so I that's why that it's important all the time i told the people before the pandemic i will dj for 30 you know 20 it don't matter if the part and i've done it though i used to do 12 hours straight you know shout out to mark barnes from public gardens like five to five that was our set you know with vinyl not with no computer nothing this is how we did it but it was because there was a fucking party in front of you and i don't care how many hours i'm djing then you having fun yeah, I'm having the greatest time of my life. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's the same thing. that people are like, oh my God, D-Nice DJ for these hours. Shout out to D-Nice. It's tough. It's still tough because he's online. But also, you've got, you know, I mean, I don't know how many million followers this man got right now. Like, his shit's popping. It's, you know, he can't even read the chat because it's just flying by so much. Like, you feel the energy there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So please, twitch.tv slash 400. We almost to 1,000 followers. And when we get there, I'm going to wear this silly ass suit. Oh my gosh. That it's going to be so worth it. Thanks, thanks, uh, Lexi, Lexi Alexander. Yeah, yo, ridiculous. All right, let's get back to this walk. We just spent like 10 minutes talking about Twitch, but you know, y'all needed to hear that too. It's important. <laughs> okay, what's good, y'all? Maze here, aka Bruce Wayans. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, <laughs> it's funny. So, we're gonna give the point for that. Yeah. This one, I feel like I heard a million times. Dead yeah. ass pool, yeah, nah, only because it's old. Sorry, yeah, man. um, easy Ewok heard that one too but it's still i haven't good. heard it it's yeah, it's, 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 it's like good. It's, it's on that borderline where i like it though you know i am okay. mad at it yeah peter gryffindor that's good yeah. okay that's 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 actually <laughs> i laughed so <laughs> it's just uh, the next one gets me more than that all right hufflepuff daddy <laughs> now that yeah see that's peter fine. gryffindor like yeah but hufflepuff daddy there we go and aka tales from the kryptonite 
mid. Okay. But but also uh, good, you know? Yeah. For me, it was mid, but. Yeah, because uh, it's like, what Tales from. Uh, I mean, but that could be a good combo, but Tales from the Kryptonite, you know, you never know. Like, you know? It's like the story, like, damn it, I'm always just fucking up Superman. Like, you know, this is my whole life. <laughs> Tales from the Says Kryptonite. Lex Luthor. No, that's um, Tales from the Kryptonite. Like, you know, the Kryptonite. No, like, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Come on, man. That was but a bad saying joke. I always be fucking up Superman, aka yeah, true indeed. Lex Luthor. Uh, yeah. Hope the fan fam is doing well. I'm currently waiting to see how the season finale of 2020 pans out. So the fuck are we? We have no idea how it's going to end. Wishing we ended on a high note. November 6th is upon us, and it's my birthday. Oh, my God. First of all, Maze, happy freaking birthday. We're going to give you some fanfare there. Yeah. Burr, 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 burr. All that. Uh, happy birthday. Yeah, word and up. Happy birthday, bro. Maze right. Salute. Yes. That yes. is a high note right there, man. That is Every day you are on thing. this earth is a high note. That's what people got to understand. Like, yes. 2021 is probably not going to be much better than 2020. Let's keep it fucking real. But going you're alive. Quiet. You're alive and, and celebrate, drink some hen, but also recognize as Ben says we're probably going back into quarantine. Okay. Cheers. You anyway. Any yep, Greenwood whiskey. Anyway, my question for the week. Have you all had the chance to check out the superior storytelling work that Roman Reigns and his cousin the Usos have been displaying on SmackDown lately? <laughs> nah. I was never a big Roman fan, neither was I Maze. Jesus. But this has easily been the best work of his career. If you haven't had a chance, I highly encourage y'all to check out the highlights, which begins with the Roman's return from this year's SummerSlam. Peace and love, Maze. Maze, I have not watched wrestling for the past, like, consistently anyway, for the past yeah. year or so. Um, I've never been a big Roman fan just because I just Is thought he, he was Rock's dry. Dude? He's the Rock's cousin, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. 45 other wrestlers on the mm -hmm. roster. Um, but he's like actually Samoan and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So are the Usos. The Usos are related, too. That's what oh, I'm saying. I, know, I have no idea who the Usos of these are. People, the whole yeah. half of the Rock's family works for WWE or is or is connected. To I know Roman, but I I did not even. Yeah, and like, that's not I'm, shade. That's just my like first dead time ass. ever hearing of the Usos. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, the Usos have been around for fucking ever too. So really? So they're, yes, they've I mean, been around I, forever. I believe it, but I just I've never heard of them. I, I know Roman. Yeah, they're, they're twins. But anyway, it's been a minute. Like y'all, I stopped watching once the Rock became a movie star. I was like, all right. <laughs> oh, know, and then you I, were done I, with it? I was out with the rock. Wait, so the rock was done, so you were done. Okay. <laughs> no, because like true story, and I've told this before, I think, on the show. Um, I once read uh I was in I'll never forget, I was in Pentagon City in DC and I read an interview with The Rock in Vibe magazine. Mm -hmm. I come home to my brother at DJ Analyze, who I was living with at the time, and I was like, yo, who the fuck is this man? Because it's the funniest shit I've ever uh, read. Like he was in full character during the interview. Oh, dead ass. Wow. This woman asked him, like, you know. You're um a pretty big guy. How do you handle yourself in a bedroom? The Rock knows how to handle his body weight and uh, and never does anything. But the best, The Rock always is in control. You know, full control of his body. And I was sitting, I'm sitting them all crying. So I come home I'm like, yo, who the fuck is this? Because he was a big wrestling fan. He's like, no, watch it tonight. I watched it tonight. The Rock brought the Brahma Bull horns down from the ceiling, turned him sideways, and told him you just sit somebody up the candy ass. And I was done. You know, I'm like, this is the greatest. And Jericho, The Rock, that whole era was yeah. like, I was, you know. I mean, a monster fan, but after that era, I kind of fell off again. So you were gone after the Attitude Era. You've missed quite some a lot. Yeah, pretty much. And I, you know, I can't. I, I I check in here and there, but yeah, like then I was going to shows. You know, I was in it. You know, I was full in it then. Like, yeah. Oh my Shout God. Shout yeah. out to Mega Ran who who um you know, has been consistent with it. But uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, long story short, I, I have not been watching, so I have no idea what's going on. Story tell storyline mm -hmm. wise. Nice to hear that WWE Creative has gotten their own heads out of their asses and mm -hmm. are now doing better. Wonderful. Still racist. Shit. It, it's, it's, 
Look, the company is run by Vince. <laughs> yeah. Republican King Ooh. McMahon. Like, yeah. let's 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 not. Are we giving enough time pretend. for that fuck boy? Fuck that show. <laughs> <laughs> Moving but, uh, on. <laughs> but, but but you know, our, happy our born day, Maze. <laughs> yeah, happy born day. The listeners who are into wrestling, um, you know, take take his advice. Check that out. Yeah. All right. The next one and the last one. Greetings. No AKAs necessary for me. My question <laughs> pertains to writing, whether it be in, t- in movies or TV shows. Yo, what in the entire Funko Pop is the deal with these movies and TV scripts? Can you speak on the differences in the writing department during the 80s, 90s, and 2000s? Innovation and meaningful character development seems to be more rare these days and for quite some time now. The same lazy story telling archetypes seem to get recycled in order to create buzz rather than establish depth. Uh, uh, for example, insert pointless love scene here. The character development that went into Chuck Rhodes in Billions, Raymond Reddington in Blacklist, <laughs> Louis Litt in Suits, or Louis, I'm, I don't know, I never watched Suits, I don't know how you pronounce it. But anyway, um, games such as the Life of Strain series and movies such as Split, The Matrix, and 12 Angry Men from 1957 all contain phenomenal writing. I've never heard this expounded on yet, and maybe I've missed this as to why there is an absence in published creativity. I was hoping Homeboy you interviewed from the Lost TV show, you're talking about Damon Lindelof? Yeah, Homeboy. <laughs> well, yeah, homeboy. Yeah, homeboy. <laughs> I was hoping Damon, what up, Damon? I was hoping Damon Lindelof would answer it. Anywho, thank God I still read comments and good looks on the House of X and Powers of X. Two daps and a salute, fam. This is actually from Jay Lamar, you big dummy himself. <laughs> oh, What's or up? themselves, what's up? I, yeah, what's themselves, up? yeah, yeah. I didn't include a name, but oh, uh, woo, Jay Lamont. Um, all right, let me just say this like I said before about the boys, and like we talked about with Shannon earlier in the interview. You mentioned Chuck Rose, Raymond Reddington, and Lewis Litt, all three are white men. What are you watching? Um, <laughs> like, no shots, but like, uh, I, I disagree. You know, honestly, uh, it, it this is always something that it goes into anything. Like, right when I was coming up, um, people used to be like, "Hip hop is dead," and this is like twenty years before Nas said it. You know, ten years before Nas, whatever. And I, I was like, "What? Shit, this shit banging right now." You know, hip hop fire. You know, and it's the same thing. It's like people are like, "Oh, TV is dead. Movies are dead." And I'm like, "What are you watching?" You know, like. I see plenty of, we just had an interview with Shannon Houston with Lovecraft Country, which pretty much upturns everything you know about a hero's journey, you know, shows you character development in ways that we've pretty much never seen on screen before, because we've never seen blackness like that with this type of character development. I think Billions is a great show. I've actually only read the pilot. I've never watched it, but, you know, reading the pilot, I was like, oh, this is fantastic, and I can understand why people love it. But at the same time, it's a yet another white man show. And it's pretty much yet another uh, Breaking Bad type, you know, anti-hero type white man doing dirty. Um, what's our show that Kelly, uh, we had her on here, the joint oh, on HBO. The extraordinary stuff at HBO. Uh, uh, um. uh, fuck. In, uh, acts of uh, random flyness, right? Yes. Yes. Random acts, of acts, random, random acts of flyness. Random acts of flyness. They have this whole um, sketch stit about the white devil archetype, you know, this character who just does evil deeds and has to save the world from themselves, you know, because they're so evil that basically they need to save the world from themselves. Seen it a million times, fam. I don't even think that's very great writing at this point. You know, I think billions is good, but at the same time, I've seen it before. 
You know, I've seen this shit before. Raymond Reddington, I've I never watched Blacklist. I've read the pilot. Exceptional pilot, once again. I've seen Raymond Reddington's character a million times. Uh, Split? Is that that bullshit? That's why I was like, oh. Uh... Wait, wait, that's the... <laughs> that's what your that boy is. Is that the last one? That's is no, that no, the last? no, no, no. No, that's that... the good one. That was the good one. Glass was the your... whack one. Gla- yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Split is yeah. with your boy, Professor X, James McAvoy. Yeah, and fam. I mean, I only, I've, I've never seen all Split, but Glass, he was a joke. I've Look. seen Split. You know, and, and James I get... McAvoy was a joke in Glass. I don't care what anybody says. It's <laughs> well, not good acting. You know, and I think he's a great actor. I do not think his well, role in Glass was great acting. I haven't seen Glass. I, I maybe so when I'm bored one day I'll top. watch it. But Split wasn't bad actually, and, and I and I got the. I've the, heard that, but also it, Split is about bad. a white man torturing some women. I've yes. seen it, and I, that's what I'm saying. I, the the other the other side of it, the sentiment, completely understand, and then also like the way that it villainizes someone with. Uh, uh, you know, bipolar issues. And that was my problem with Glass because it turns into a fucking hero. This dude's a monster. You know, like, I get it. He has issues. But once again, everybody on this planet has issues. Only white men have to save the rest of the world for their issues. Yeah. It's schizophrenia, but not both bipolar. But yeah, he, he, he had a lot going on with it, my point is. I don't care. <laughs> like I said, the white devil character has to save the rest of the world. Like, Montrose has all these issues. Is he out destroying the world? You know, that's what He's I mean. He's killing a, gods. That's all. I mean, you know, it happens. You know, they were in his way. But, like, I, I just disagree, fam. I, I honestly disagree. I think the Matrix even is, you know, it's a great, once again, well written. Well, they but, said the Matrix. They didn't say one yeah. or two. They just no, said no, the I, Matrix. No, I'm talking about the Matrix. But once again, I just do, I disagree. 12 Angry Men, come on, man. It's fucking 1957. It's, someone had a t-shirt today. White men have made a lot of great, bad, a lot of bad art. Not great. You know, like. It was very easy in 1957 for a white man to be considered great when he has no competition. We talked about this. Uh, I, I'm not sure this was even in an interview or off air. No, we did talk about an interview, but it's like it's there's different playing fields. And I feel like you are talking about a lot of playing fields that are all white men and very much, you know, dedicated to serving the cause of whiteness. And we got to recognize that first. You know what I mean? Like, that's the first thing you got to recognize about this shit. Because it's like, people are like, oh, my God, billions and stuff. And I'm like, this show is about a devil. You know, it's about two devils fighting each other. And which one is the least of the devils? Happy birthday, Mace. <laughs> this ain't Mace, though. This is- <laughs> no, I know. I'm just I'm going back to that. <laughs> yes, happy birthday. And watch better stuff, fam. There's so much good material out there. Like you said, House of Ets and Powers of Ets. It's all what you choose. You can find a billion terrible combo it's right now but you found that one and that is the end walk <laughs> is extra if you have a question whether it be about tv film music comics you want to ask us about writing um not our ideas but maybe some 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 suggestions uh hit us up contact at foralnerds.com if you want a little bit more privacy or you just have a longer question otherwise you can hit us up on the interwebs on our socials at for all nerds and if you Yes, you are on a very special tier on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash for all nerds. You get a guaranteed guac question. You can ask us at any time. So we appreciate you. Excuse me. We appreciate you. Thank you to everyone who has been down with us on the Patreon. Seriously, your, 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 your financial contributions is the reason why we are still here and able to pay everybody who helps bring the show together. So thank you so much. 
And also the tpublic.com slash store slash for all yeah. nerds. Y'all, y'all are lighting that place up. And again, th- this, we, nobody else gives us money right now. We, this is all self-funded. This is all self-governed. This is what we're doing here. And y'all are making it happen for us. Thank you so much. Y'all hear that same commercial every week. It's every week. people and from we, our shows. We, it say no- it. <laughs> we say it consistently because it's a consistent factor. And y'all have been consistent. And I cannot. Ben, I mean as, as well, but but I cannot thank you enough. Mm-hmm. No, and I mean like the commercial they hear in the breaks, like oh, all yeah. this is people from our show. You don't hear no, you know, I, I this mean, show Shannon is sponsored Houston, by that. Yeah. I mean, come on, come yeah. on, like, but but again, thank you very much. We do appreciate support. Before we get out of here, Ben, I know you have a comment section. Do I? And one more time, shout out to Greenwood Whiskey before we get out of here <laughs> for lighting this episode up. Hampton, y'all did something right this time. I am not mad. Let me tell you, that's <laughs> all right. But yes, folks, it is time for Comics I Count. And um, I basically spent, you know, like I spent a couple weeks ago, I caught up on Immortal Hulk, which is fire, as always. Shout out to Al Ewing, uh, Joe Bennett, I think is the artist. Incredible work. Immortal Hulk from Marvel comic books. If you're not reading it, you should be. And I still meant to, uh, oh, sh- wait, real quick. Shout out to Steph I Will. Because Yo. her comic was delivered. I saw people getting it. I know you got a joint on the way, or you probably got it already. My joint's on the way. Okay. So, you know, shout out. Congratulations to you, Steph. And Living I'm a, Heroes. Living okay. Heroes. Thank you. And I'm going to do, I set off to do it last week, but I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do this thread. And I'm going to get all these black comic book creators together, and we're going to do something. But we're going to figure it out. But right now, this week, y'all, I finally spent the time and went through... I think they're on, I want to say, part 12 now. So I went through the first 12 parts of Swords of X, which is the big crossover going on in the X-Men titles right now. It's basically been a year since House of X and Powers of X. And so right now there's a 22-part crossover. When when I first saw that, I was like, what? But now reading it, it's fire, y'all. It's like it's going from, you know, X-Men to Marauders to Hellions to X-Factor to X-Force. And then it'll, like, have a, a Swords of X issue, like, once the cycle of all the, you know, of the various X titles drops. And it'll have, like, one Swords of X issue in between it. But it's a continuing story. And it's, like, part one, part two. So you can, you know, follow it. But it's just... All right. It, so the short story is that Krakoa... The island where the mutants have gathered since House of X and Powers of X was split in part thousands of years ago. And yeah. so there's another part of it, Araco, which has been separated into this other dimension, which is filled with demons and shit. And so thousands of years ago, Apocalypse's four first children, his first four horsemen and his wife went into this other realm with the uh, Araco, with the side of it that was cut off from Croa. Mm-hmm. Sealed the gate behind them so they could protect Krakoa and Earth and left Apocalypse behind. And his wife tells him when they leave behind it, it's because you're not strong enough to do this. And we are, but you need to stay back here and raise the next, you know, another army of mutants. So it gives new context to what Apocalypse has always been doing when he talks about the strongest survive. Yeah. Like it just immediately, like this is why he's been doing it this whole time. Every time you've ever seen him. Is because he's trying to make mutants strong enough so that they can handle what happens when this gate opens. And so in Swords of X, this gate is opened, and Apocalypse finds out 
in the latest issue of X-Men, which is just absolutely beautiful. It's a meeting between Apocalypse and his wife, uh, Genesis. And Genesis is portrayed as a black woman. Like, like visibly, unmistakably Visibly, black? unmistakably black. Her sister is another black woman with little short dreadlocks. And her mutant power is that she cannot be defeated. Genesis <laughs> has like the mutant it. power of like controlling the earth, I guess. Like in what way? Like she causes vines and all this other shit to Oh, the oh earth, like yeah. ground and shit. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Like she gener you know, she's Genesis. She creates life and uses oh, it to Oh, she's like um that Princess Mononoke shit, like when the thing mm-hmm. goes in the forest and the yep. grass and shit grows off. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But she's also the ultimate badass warrior. Apocalypse says he knows no one's stronger than her. And basically, she has fallen under the control of the enemy. You know, and Apocalypse is like, you're the strongest person I know. You can fight this. And she's like, no one is stronger than this. And because Mm. the enemy wants Kakoa, I want Kakoa. Mm. And so Swords of X is about uh, the X-Men and their, you know, all the mutants gathering 10 champions to fight 10 champions from Arakoa, which includes some of Apocalypse's children. And whatnot, and they're gonna have just like basically contests of champions, and so it's ten versus ten, and they all had together a sword. So it's like all these swords from Marvel history, from X Men history, and they all came together. And like when I heard the concept, I was like, "This shit corny as fuck." But then reading it, yo, it's been so ill. It draws on so much X Men history, so much stuff that you saw in of uh, House of X and Powers of X, like in those future realms. You're starting to see hints of it and how it could all come together. And it's just ill. Like in the latest issue, they had um, in the issue of Marauders, they had a dinner before the battle because the battle's taking place the next day. So they have a dinner where all the heroes and all the villains or whatever. I mean, they're both heroes and villains, whatever. Both sides yeah. gather together for this dinner. And during the dinner, Apocalypse's son, Death, is over here hitting on Storm like something serious. And they have this whole interlude where they talk it out. And she tells him, you know, he's like, You don't know me. You don't know Death. And he, she's like, Look, I grew up on the streets of Cairo. You know, I went through the X-Men. I did this, I did I know death, and this is as close as I'll ever let you get to me. And steps off. That's a G. Storm so, is a goddamn that G. Up. I'm adding that to the list. Yeah, it's so good. Like, the whole, just, you know, start from the beginning. Even if you haven't read any of these X titles since House of X, Powers of X, which I pretty much haven't, other than, like, the main X-Men, I haven't read, and Marauders, those are the two that I kept up with. Other than that, I haven't read anything, and now I'm reading all of them. And it's just, I'm instantly catching on. I'm like, okay, I get it. And it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, up to 22. And it will all be done by the end of November. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. November 28th, all the issues in. That's so hard. it's fire, y'all. God well. damn it. God damn, Jonathan <laughs> Hitman. Thought I, I thought it would fall off from House of X. Wrong. 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 W